In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christos Anesti. This is uh, Thomas Sunday, the Sunday after resurrection. And I am proud of all of you who are here today. This is known to be, uh, sadly, the emptiest Sunday of the whole year. Even though just two Sundays ago, we were at the busiest Sunday of the whole year, okay? Busiest Sunday of the whole year is Palm Sunday, as everybody shows up. And then the emptiest Sunday of the year is Thomas Sunday, which is today where everybody is not here, including Thomas himself. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I think today is a little extra special too, because, because uh, there was a wedding yesterday, and I think many of, uh, uh, of the congregants and I were attending Yani the wedding, so maybe that's another factor, but doesn't matter, you are here today, and we are, we are happy for this. And uh, of course, Thomas Sunday is uh, a Sunday where we're remembering uh, how Thomas doubted uh, the resurrection of Christ and how he uh, expressed to the rest of the disciples that unless he sees Jesus and then he puts his finger in the marks of Daniel, unless he puts his hand in his side where he's pierced, he will not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ in all love and in all humility. He appeared to Thomas in order for him to restore his faith or to strengthen to strengthen his faith. Oftentimes when we speak about Thomas, when we speak about Mary Magdalene, when we speak about Luke, when we speak about Cleopas, all these are uh, uh, characters that will appear uh, come up in the story after the resurrection of Christ and in, in Matthew 28 and Luke 24 and Mark 16 and then and in the Gospel of John chapters 20 and 21. All these chapters are the ones that speak to us about the event of the resurrection of Christ and what happens after this. And you will see something in common about all these personalities that I mentioned is they all doubted, okay? I don't want one of us to think, oh, Thomas, doubter, Thomas is not the only doubter. There's all these other characters, and they all actually doubted. Mary Magdalene, she doubted the resurrection of Christ. You see in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, where she sees Christ along with the other Mary, known as uh, the Mary, the wife of Cleopa uh, or uh, Alphaeus. And uh, she is also the aunt of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, Khalto, the sister of St. Mary. Uh, by the way, the woman that went to the, the tomb on the day of the resurrection, uh, the Gospels mention few names here and there. Matthew say, says uh, Mary and Mary, Mary Magdalene and Mary, wife of Cleopas. I think uh, Luke, he says Mary and Mary and Salome. And Salome, she is another Mary. She's known as Mary Salome. And she is the mother of the sons of Zebedee. That makes her Mrs. Zebedee. She is the wife of Zebedee, okay? So, so you have the Mary Magdalene, Mary the wife of uh, Alphaeus. You have Mary the wife of Zebedee. And then there is another name that jumps up, which is Joanna or, jo or Joanna. And she is the wife of Husi. And he is the secretary of Pilate Antipas, okay? Uh, uh, so 
uh, I'm sorry, of Herod Antipas. She's the wife. She is the wife of the secretary of Herod Antipas. So all these women, but regardless, all these women, along with Thomas and along with Luke himself, who writes the Gospel of Luke, and along with Cleopas, who is also known as Cleopa, and he is also known as Alphaeus, and he is the boy, husband of the Mary that I was just talking about. See, it's all connected, okay? But all of these people, they doubted the resurrection of Christ. And we speak about them as people that doubted, and uh-uh, bad, no good, okay? But the reality is that we all doubt just like them, okay? We all have the same thing, and we all come to doubt not the resurrection of Christ specifically per se, but we all come to often doubt many, many different things. Okay, so today I want to recap with you a verse that is mentioned in the Gospel of Luke, and I believe it's chapter 18, verse 3, and the Lord Jesus Christ says that when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith, will he find faith on earth? Will God, when he comes, find faith on earth? And this is a very, it's, it's a very uh, important question because one of the signs of the end of the days is that when you start seeing that faith is kind of like diminishing or weakening uh, all around us on the earth. Do you guys feel that this is happening now? Faith is non-existent in many places it is non-existent in fact if you dig deep into academia if you evaluate the academia and people that are in the academic field you know teachers professors all of this now the percentage of those who are believing or maybe especially here in california is getting smaller and smaller and smaller okay now, when you look a little bit into the field of sport or athletics, right? And you look around, the, around you at uh, all the big famous athletes, you know, and people that are in that, that field, you will find that, again, faith is diminishing. There's less and less people there that are speaking. If you look around you among scientists, people that are like great in science, you know, now you'll find the same exact thing that is happening in the early missions of NASA when the first people went to orbit around the moon. They televised a program from them orbiting around the moon and looking on Earth and it was on Christmas Eve and there was three astronauts there and the three astronauts, they were speaking on the radio satellite broadcasting to the whole Earth and they say from up here, the earth looks like a very beautiful blue and green planet. And from, among, from up here, we want to share a message with the people that are in the beautiful earth. And the message that they shared, they say in the beginning, the earth was void and the spirit of God was hovering upon the face of the water. And God said, let there be light and there was light. This is the message that NASA astronauts or NASA scientists shared the first time when they orbited the moon and they were speaking to people on the earth. Now, do you think you'll find the NASA scientist that will share something like this? Maybe, maybe in his own house, 
you know, among some of his friends, but will they ever televise something like this? No. Why? Because faith is diminishing. It's is is becoming weak, weak outside. Okay, not here. Here we have people that have a good faith. Okay, people that have good faith. However, we all have good faith, but this faith can go through some phases. Okay, so and the Bible speaks about different people that have different types of faith. Okay, there is one faith that is known. Oh, you of little faith. Okay. Remember when the Lord Jesus Christ was in the boat among the disciples? And then he went in the back, he had a long day, يعني. so he went in the back of the boat, a pillow, he rested his head, and then he fell asleep. And all of a sudden, a storm rose, right? And the boat was being tossed, and then they all got so scared, and they went and they woke him up, and he says, get up, get up, you know, do you not care that we're perishing here? And then he looked at them and he said to them, oh, you of what? Little faith. So sometimes we fit under this category. We have what? We have little faith. It's not we don't have faith completely. Let we do believe that God is there. We do believe in his existence. We don't be, but we don't believe in that faith as being something strong. Little faith comes when you put the problem in front of your eyes instead of putting Jesus in front of your eyes. You put the problem in front of your eyes, then Jesus disappears. Now, when you put Jesus in front of your eyes, then what happens to the problem? The problem disappears. So it depends what do you put first. Do you put Christ first or do you put the problem first? Okay. So what happened with the disciples in that day is they put the problem in front of their eyes. They saw the storm. And they didn't recall that Christ is with them. This is why they became of little faith. Every single time you run into a big problem in your life, just put Christ in front of your eyes. You'll find the, the problem becoming smaller. Okay. So the first one is, oh, you of little faith. Okay. There is another one which is called the theoretical faith. Okay? Theoretical faith. It's all on books. But it is not applicable. I can stand up and I can teach all. I can teach all about it. But when it comes to my own personal life, it has nothing to do with it. Okay? He says that you believe in God, and it goes on, and then the Bible tells us that the devils believe, the devils believe, and they are trembled. Yani, does the devil not believe in God? He believes in God, right? Okay, and a lot of times, but what? But that faith in God is not applicable. They do not apply any of it when it comes to their own their own uh, lives. يعني. So life, my life is one thing, and what, what the knowledge is, is one thing. Okay. By the way, this kind of theoretical faith is exactly what the Pharisees and the scribes had. The Pharisees of the scribes, they had all the knowledge, right? You know, a scribe, in order for him to be a scribe, he had to handwrite. The, the, the scribes, they write, handwrite. 
ما كانش في ذا تايم برنت شوبس ولا حاجه زي كده هو انت when you want to memorize something when somebody has a spelling test ولا حاجه and there is and there's certain words that he wants to memorize it and make sure that it doesn't يعني escape his mind بيعمل ايه؟ he gets a piece of paper and a pencil and then he sits and he writes it he write it one time he write it two times by the time he writes it five ten times خلاص it's stuck in his head right he memorizes it so these scribes they had it stuck and in or and in fact the Pharisees the Pharisees there was a requirement in order for you to become a Pharisee not anybody can just get a, go and apply for a Pharisee job and becomes a Pharisee okay so there was a big requirement and the requirement is a Pharisee number one he had to memorize all 150 psalms all 150 psalms. Memorize it, but pray it, لا, لا, that's a different story, صح? Okay? So memorize, no, يعني, زي ما إحنا كلنا, a lot of us, may have certain words that are, certain even prayers that are memorized, but do you understand the power of these prayers? Sometimes we don't, okay? So a Pharisee had to memorize all 150 psalms. The Pharisee had to memorize the book of Leviticus. يعني, all 150 psalms are Nice words, easy, يعني, they have poetics in it which makes it kind of like easy to memorize to a certain degree. يعني, but the book of Leviticus, if you read the book of Leviticus, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> so they had to actually memorize the book of Leviticus. And then they had to go through a whole bunch of other things to have good reputation among the people, all this. But this was all what? This was all just theoretical. Okay, so there's another faith, which is a faith of theory. I remember one time, I went through kida, yani, some uh, accident and, and health problems and all of this, and I remember this is 20-some yani, years ago. At that time, my father, confession, came to visit me when I was in the hospital. And then as, as soon as he walked in, he says, Amel e, how are you? I started crying. If you you are you crying? I said, I don't feel good, I'm sad. remember Abuna at that time, and he was a very gentle Abuna, by the way, very, very kind Abuna, but I think he needed to wake me up. He needed to shake me, okay? So he looked at me and he says, you're a deacon. You're a Sunday school teacher. Is faith that you preach, is it words? The faith that you preach is not words. The faith that you preach is situation. You get put in a situation and your, that situation that you are, are put in and how you react to it is what is going to show whether you truly have faith or you don't, right? So let's not have that theoretical uh, or, or the, the faith. We don't want the faith on, on paper, okay? Many of us can sit down and write, you know, notes and... and and, and things like this. We want the faith that we actually live by, live by, regardless, regardless of what we hear from outside. Often we're, we're bombarded by these things from outside. They're trying to shake our faith. And they say that the, the, they're sending Mish'arif to discover when it was the beginning and how the world and to prove the Big Bang theory and to, and to do all this. Don't, don't all of these things that, that we're listening and that we're hearing about, I'm not saying to dismiss it, okay? Study it as science, but don't let anything shake your faith. So our faith is not theoretical. Our faith, our faith is real. How is our faith becomes real? It is through our communication with God, right? 
Like for example, okay, somebody, and I'm living here in Egypt, guys, and somebody in, in uh, America, he keeps talking to me about, uh, uh, for example, a, a person in Egypt, okay? There is this, holy monk in the Deir al-Ambantonius, and his name is Abuna, so and so, and I keep hearing about him, okay? I'm hearing about him, it's all good. It's all good to hear about him. But what is going to take me to another level in my relationship is when I come to this person and I tell him, can you give me his phone number? I'd love to talk to this Abuna, right? And then he gives me the phone number, and I start on, and then the second I hear, hello, the other side and then I start conversing with him you know then that comes into a whole different level I'll tell you I share with you a small story about an Abuna and then I can mention his name now because he's in heaven his name was Abuna Akhnuk okay have you ever heard of Abuna Akhnuk any of us here heard of Abuna Akhnuk okay so Abuna Akhnuk so one time of course yani, I've always been hearing about Abuna Akhnuk Abuna is, is a holy priest, he's good, he, God has given him so many gifts and so many talents, and I just hear about him, but, you know, every time you hear these things, you kind of like, eh, dismiss it, and you start saying, eh, eh, maybe people are just making up things, maybe, whatever, yani. until the first time I actually came to meet Abuna Akhnuk in person, I was here in church, and we were having a, a board meeting, and Sayyidina Basarabun was coming and attending this board meeting. And then uh, Abuna heard that Ambassarabun is here. So he came to visit. He wanted to greet Sayyidina. He salam alayhim. I'm sitting in the conference room. And right in front of me is the window. And I see Abuna Akhnuk walking in. I see a priest walking in. I assume that that's him. Okay. So I said, let me go open for him. Uh, Abuna show his office. And give him some Coca-Cola or something, something to drink, يعني, until we finish the meeting, right? So I open for Abuna, and then he sits down. I greet him. I, I kiss his hand. Abuna sits, and I sit in front of him. Now, for about two weeks, I was dealing with a specific family problem, okay? And I had no idea how to solve this problem. I could not... I talked to the husband, I talked to the wife. I, I could not pinpoint and put my finger on what is the root of this problem, okay? But this is something I share inside my heart. I have inside my heart. Nobody knows of it. I hadn't even spoken to my father of confession about it. It's just something that I am personally dealing with. Not even, my, nobody knows about it. I'm just dealing with it internally. And then Abuna Akhnuk comes and he sits down. And then he looks me in the eye. And then he says, Abuna, المشكلة بتاعت كذا وكذا, the problem بتاعت so and so, this is what you need to do. And the root of the problem is this. And then he gives me steps one, two, three. So I look at Abuna and my jaw drops, right? And then I said, thank you Abuna so much. I'm gonna run back into the board meeting now because I figured if I keep sitting in front of this man, He's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna see everything, okay? So he just saw the surface now, which is good, great help. Thank you, Abuna, so much for all the assistance, you know? But you know, there's other things that I probably didn't want him to see or know. I'm like, thank you so much. And then I got up and then I left, okay? 
Now, how did that come into place? Now, now after this incident, you, you know, you come and you tell me, Abu Nakhnuk, I'm like, I know Abu Nakhnuk. I know him, I dealt with him, I know what I'm talking about. Okay, how did that happen? Through interaction, strengthen your faith with God through communicating with him. And how do you communicate with God? In prayer and in reading the Bible, okay? Communicate with God. And the more you communicate with him, your relationship with him is going to into a different level. It's gonna go into like a completely different perspective. Now it is no longer hypothetical or theoretical. It's no longer theor it's a theoretical knowledge, but it is real knowledge. I know him. Blessed are all of you because you know him not through seeing, but through a believing and hearing. So we all here to Thomas at the end. Hello, Thomas, you see, you ask for a proof. I gave you the proof so that you can believe, okay? And that you can be strong and can go out and, and preach, okay? But blessed are those who believe and yet not see without seeing. We haven't seen in the form that Thomas has seen. But I want to say something, that you have seen so many other things, right? So strengthen your faith by constantly reminding yourself, strengthen your faith by constantly reminding yourself all that God has done with you. The Israelites, they passed through all the 10 plagues, right? And 10 wonders that God worked in Egypt. And after this, they walked out and sadly they immediately forgot. And every time they forget, they lose their faith and they deviate, right? And this is why God came to them later on and he asked Moses, make an Ark of a Covenant. And in the Ark of the Covenant, put in it signs, things that will remind you of the wondrous things that I have done with you. Pick up stones from the bottom of the sea, put it in there, put the rod of Aaron in there, you know, put the tablets of the stone in there, put all of these miraculous things that I have done in your life. And every time you start doubting, look at it. And remember, God has done this with me in the past. Then why am I doubting now? Why am I doubting now? A good exercise that I tell people sometimes when they are doubting, I tell them, go and make yourself an ark, an ark of a covenant. You see, what is an ark of a covenant? I say, go and get a box, you know, try to make it look nice. You don't have to inlay it with gold and you don't have to do it from wood that, that does not decay, okay? You don't have to go to that, that extreme, okay? But get like a box, right? And sit down and try to remember the things that God has done with you in the past, all the miracles, right? And then write every miracle in a small piece of paper and fold it and drop it in the box. And when you come, when time comes, when you're starting to lose your faith or you're becoming shaky in your faith, go and open the Ark of the Covenant, your Ark of the Covenant, and then pull out a paper. faith is restored. If faith is not restored from the first paper, pull a second one, <laughs> okay? At least your faith is restored. If not, pull a third one. I assure you, you're not gonna go through two or three. What am I thinking? What am I worrying about? What am I afraid of? 
God who have been with me through all of this, Mishai is not going to pull me out of this coming of this coming one. May God strengthen all of your faith and glory be to God forever. Amen.